This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, July 8, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. A recent Supreme Court decision keeps the tension alive between free association and publicly funded university education. Neil McCluskey, Associate Director of the Cato Institute Center for Educational Freedom, says that persistent struggle threatens academic freedom as well. CLS v. Martinez comes from a, a case at the Hastings School of Law in California, which is a public law school. And there is a branch of the Christian Legal Society, uh, which is a student-run, student-led organization of Christian law students uh, at Hastings. And what Hastings said was that that group, as long as it had a rule that essentially said people who run to be officers or who are officers— must agree to essentially monogamous uh, heterosexual relationships and sex only within marriage. Um, Only people who agree with that can be officers or run to be officers. And the the school said that, this is in factual dispute, it seems like the school first said that violates our non-discrimination policy based on sex, religious, uh, religion, sexual orientation, uh, race, and things like that. They later said, and this is what the majority Uh, ruled on the majority of the court saying that, no, what they had is you must have uh, an uh, all-comers policy, which anybody can join the group. So a Muslim can join a Jewish group and run for for an officership there. A Republican can join a Democratic group and run for officership there. And what the court ended up saying was there was nothing unconstitutional of this public law school telling groups that they must have all-comer policies if they want to get benefits from the school, which basically was access to bulletin boards, uh, some money for putting together programs and things like that. You've written a lot about the interaction that is thrust upon uh, disparate groups when they're forced to interact in, in a, in a government-run setting. What does this decision do for people just trying to get along? Well, I mean, the most basic thing it does is it's going to discourage a lot of people from starting groups because what is the point of having a group other than it's something that you, all the members of the group care about or, you know, or it unifies them. So in the case of the Christian Legal Society, these were law students who wanted to get together and have a group of Christians that supported some shared values. Similarly, college Democrats presumably want to bring together members of the or people who vote for Democrats in the schools. Well, what this ruling is going to say is that you can't do that. If you want to have a group, you got to take everybody. And so what's the point then of having the group? That's the immediate problem. Uh, The bigger, more fundamental problem, of which this is only a symptom, is that when you have public colleges and universities, someone is always going to lose as a taxpayer because you're always paying for somebody's speech that you – usually somebody's speech you might not like. So if you think about Ward Churchill, that's the problem is we've asked taxpayers to pay for Ward Churchill to say things they dislike. But if you don't have them pay for that, if if the school says, well, but – you know, Ward Churchill, you've gone too far. You can't get this money. Then the government is picking whose speech is not acceptable. And so essentially the same thing is happening here, except you see the only way out is to say, well, essentially nobody's going to get any money if they do anything that has any sort of concrete basis, unless it's all about let's all just get along and accept everyone in. If you have some sort of standards or something you all agree on that you like, that someone might disagree with it, you 
will be treated differently than a group that essentially says, let's all just have kumbaya moments. What implication, if any, does this have for academic freedom more generally? So, I mean, probably the cornerstone of higher education is the idea of academic freedom, that you go to a university because this is a place where all ideas can be and are debated, discussed, and without the implication that you will be punished for having some uh, belief or opinion that is unpopular, reaching some conclusion. So in this case, it's essentially saying, well, Christian legal society, you guys have these moral ideas that we don't accept, and so you can't have this money. The much bigger problem is how this is applied to, for instance, professors who might pursue very unpopular lines of inquiry, like Ward Churchill did who might still be honestly seeking the truth. Well, you then have these two goods that cannot coexist, which is you're saying, we are going to use taxpayer dollars to pay the salary for Ward Churchill to do lots of stuff that people find despicable. That is forcing taxpayers to support someone else's speech, which it seems would be unconstitutional because the corollary to free speech is not being compelled to support speech you find objectionable. By the same token, again, If the school were to say, well, okay, Ward Churchill's gone too far, we're going to take money from him, not only would government be deciding whose speech is okay and not okay, but that totally undermines the idea of academic freedom, that you should be allowed to pursue any line of inquiry, regardless of how unpopular it might be. The only solution to this is you you cannot have public support for colleges and universities, you have to have truly private universities. Then it can be very clear. One college university will have these values, and you can send your money either as a donor or as a student to those college universities. Some might say you can say whatever you want. People freely give their money, either tuition or, or contributions, to those schools. That's the only way you can balance both the rights of taxpayers and of academicians to both get what they want out of higher education. Neil McCloskey is Associate Director of the Cato Institute Center for Educational Freedom and author of the book, Feds in the Classroom. You can read more on academic freedom and free association at cato.org. 